What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, Dan the Viking. First things first, Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you've all had a good holidays so far. And I thought we'd do a Christmas-type episode for you all. In fact, we're actually going to go back to 1826 for this episode. So for those of you who have seen the title, it's a bit of a spoiler alert, unfortunately, but... This might not be something you know about, because it takes place at West Point Academy in New York. Now, for those of you who don't know what West Point is, it's the officer training place in America for their army. Um, So, it's quite famous, uh, and it's one of the places where basically the generals and, and main officers from the United States Army throughout history have all uh, attended now West Point was taken over by a man named Sylvanus Thayer in 1817 and he introduced a lot of the strict things that West Point is now famous for so he brought out a four year curriculum he brought out the exercise regimes, he brought out the demerits and the credit system that uh, West Point is famous for and he essentially changed West Point from what it was to what it is now, to, to being the sort of the pinnacle of the American army. And he also introduced a strict no alcohol policy, except for on two days. Two days a year, the cadets could have alcohol, and they were on the 4th of July and Christmas. Now, in 1825, on July the 4th, the cadets took this a little bit too far, and they got pretty drunk to the point that they actually carried Major William North, um, sorry, Major William Worth, sorry, they carried him out of the barracks and paraded him around, um, it wasn't very impressive, he wasn't impressed, uh, Thayer was not impressed, and the cadets suffered the consequence of that and Thayer banned alcohol completely from West Point Academy. 
So we flip forward to Christmas 1826 and there was a suspicion that some of the cadets were going to break this no alcohol rule and were going to bring alcohol in from the towns around the area. Now Thayer had a chat with Major Worth and aired his suspicions but they weren't sure whether it was true they had their suspicions and they had their major suspect as well and that was a man named Jefferson Davis now I'm sure most of you have heard of Jefferson Davis because it is that that Jefferson Davis the president of the confederacy Jefferson Davis was the main suspect at West Point for bringing in alcohol um, he was not a model pupil let's say he was a a bit of a rebel, and, well, he lived up to his name. However, his good friend, Robert E. Lee, was a very, very good student and was not a drunk. Jefferson Davis was a drunk. Now, there were two instructors on duty Christmas 1826, and they were Lieutenant Thornton and Captain Hitchcock. Now, they had their suspicions this was going to happen but they did their checks they walked around they checked with the students uh check all the cadets and they checked with um the stores things like that no alcohol had gone missing um because obviously they still used alcohol for cooking and for wounds and things like that so it was still available but not in the large quantities and 11:59, they were pretty satisfied that nothing was going to happen However, <laughs> there was a batch of eggnog that was being brewed. Now, eggnog dates back quite a long way. It's essentially um, a recipe of egg and alcohol. Uh, there is a very famous episode, uh, recipe for it, and it incorporates basically everything that was cheap to get at the time. Um, in fact, one of the most famous recipes is that from George Washington, which is one quarter cream, one quarter milk, one dozen tablespoons of sugar, one pint of brandy, half a pint of whiskey, half a pint of Jamaican rum, quarter pint of sherry, and then you mix the liquor, separate the egg yolks and the whites, add the sugar to the beaten yolks, and then add the cream slowly. Essentially, you just mix it and add the alcohol in until it, you enjoy your taste. But there's loads of different ways of making it, and the cadets had the access to the sugar, they had the access to the eggs, and the milk and the cream, but they didn't have the alcohol. So, they had to go and steal it. Um, they'd already stolen a little bit from the local area, um, and they had just enough to buy from sort of the local stores. Unfortunately, the stores around West Point are extremely expensive these cadets didn't have very much money now four of them decided to get in a boat and cross the hudson river because a town over there was quite cheap alcohol and they were able to buy it they actually bought back two barrels of whiskey um, and one barrel of rum when they came back across the river they were spotted by an officer on duty at west point and they sort of in a bit of a problem here. They they 
getting caught with alcohol. They're not allowed to bring in alcohol. So they decided to bribe him. And the total amount of money that they had left was 35 cents. And that's all it took to bribe this officer to look the other way. So that's what he did. He was bribed with 35 cents. And they managed to get this alcohol back across the Hudson into West Point. This Christmas would be their defiance to Thayer's strict rules. Like I said, Hitchcock does his rounds around 11.59. It's all quiet. Then he turns to Thornton and says, The cadets are in their bed. You know, I think we're, we're okay. We'll go to bed. In room 28, however... <laughs> the cadets were getting their eggnog party just going. Um, and they were pretty uh, pretty wasted at this point. So it didn't take them long. Obviously, they managed to keep it down up until this point. Um, but their whiskey was running low. Their eggnog was running low. Until another cadet managed to bring in another gallon of whiskey. We don't really know where he got it from. This party went on until 4 a.m., and this was when Hitchcock finally woke up. He could hear the noises upstairs and he rushed into a room where there were six cadets in the room drinking alcohol. Uh, he yelled at them and told them to go back to bed. And whilst he's doing that, he hears another noise from the room next door. He runs into that room to find three cadets completely wasted. And this is how drunk they were. Two of them decided to hide under a blanket so that they wouldn't be spotted. And the other one picked up his hat and tried to cover his face with his hat, hoping that Hitchcock wouldn't notice he was hiding behind his hat. So that gives you a little bit of an idea how drunk these people actually were. Now, at this point, Hitchcock just loses his shit. He goes absolutely mad, screaming and shouting, ordering the cadets back to bed. That doesn't go as well as he expects it to go and the cadets, instead of listening to the orders they're given, they start to get angry. Um, so he leaves because he hears another commotion downstairs. One cadet actually shouts, get your pistols and bayonets boys, Hitchcock needs to be taught a lesson. So as he leaves to sort another commotion out, the cadets upstairs who are already angry at Hitchcock decide to draw weapons he walks in to room 5 room 5 is absolutely full of cadets as Hitchcock enters Jefferson Davis enters from the rear door and shouts put the grog away boys Hitchcock's coming Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hitchcock's standing there you know that that old scene where you say something and you think someone the person standing behind you and they can hear everything you said that's exactly what happened to Jefferson Davis and he gets absolutely well he gets the right act read to him he gets absolutely bollocked and Jefferson Davis is sent to bed 
he's given the right act, he's told the rules. Now, luckily for Jefferson Davis, he listens, goes to bed, and passes out. This spared him from any repercussions from this incident, because he's actually not involved. Even though he was probably the main perpetrator of this, because he goes to bed, it's fine. He can just go to bed. He's not involved in the rest of the night. Hitchcock finds a locked door next to this room and he boots the door open. As he kicks the door open, he's confronted by a pistol and a cadet holding it. Now, as the cadet uh, goes to take a shot, he's pushed in the side by another drunk cadet and the shot misses Hitchcock and hits the door frame behind him. Now things are getting a little bit serious because Hitchcock's the only one trying to control probably around 20 cadets, 30 cadets at this point. Um, Maybe even more that he's actually dealt with himself. And Thornton, who's, you know, we haven't really spoken much about, but he, he's not doing any better. He's also dealing with his own cadets in different rooms that are drunk. Um, And he was actually confronted by a saber uh, for those who don't know, that's just a military sword. Um, and he was knocked out with a lump of wood. So he may not have been dealing with the cadets because he was knocked out, but he's uh, he's not actually doing any better at this point. Now at this point, Hitchcock knows he's outnumbered, he's on his own, there's not really much he can do. So he goes to the guard on duty at West Point and asks him to get Major Worth. Now Major Worth has a very very good rapport with the cadets and is probably the only man who can talk sense into them at this point. However, Hitchcock is misheard by one of the cadets at West Point who believes that he's asked the guard on duty to go and get regular troops to stop the violence. Now what you've got to understand is regular troops are stationed at West Point, but according to the cadets, they're low lives. They are scum of the earth. They're foot soldiers, cannon fodder. They're not the ones who are going to take the brunt of everything. They're not the officers. So even though these guys are cadets and they will be coming up against uh, official soldiers, they still look down on them. So this would not stand they would not allow regular troops to come in and sort out officer cadets so they boarded up the barracks and they sieged Hitchcock in his room Um, they destroyed everything in the barracks that was available to destroy they destroyed all the banisters the windows um, the cookery, the utensils anything they could get their hands on they smashed to pieces whilst Hitchcock was besieged in his bedroom. Now, it did get to a point where they the alcohol subsided and they started to realise that maybe this wasn't a very good idea. This was around 6am, so this has been going on a long time. At 6am, Major Worth arrives and calls for morning inspection. Now, this is something that happens every single day. But at this point, they've been drinking for six hours. 
some of them probably can't even stand. However, they do come out for morning inspection. As you can imagine, it's not a good sight, and Major Worth is not happy. Out of the 90 cadets that took part in this riot, this is an entire one-third of the West Point uh, cadets, so 90 out of 270. So, they couldn't expel them, because if they expel a third of the academy, it doesn't look good on West Point, it doesn't look good on the American system, and, yeah, it's... It, it would be quite a low point in their history to turn around and expel one-third of the cadets that attended. So they actually only dealt with 20 of them, okay? Like I said, Jefferson Davis was extremely lucky. He had six weeks confinement, and that was it. That was his only punishment. Um... They dealt with the main 20, and unfortunately, nine of the cadets were expelled. Now, you would think that is quite bad. Nine cadets, that's 10% of the cadets rioting were expelled. What happened to these 10%, or the, these nine cadets? You know, did they fall into the abyss? Did they become successful? Or, you know, what happened to them? Well, I'll tell you. Benjamin Humphreys and Hugh Mercer both became Confederate generals. Samuel Alexander Roberts became the Secretary of State in Texas. Uh, John Archibald Campbell spent seven years on the Supreme Court. Um, so yeah, some of these cadets that were expelled didn't really affect their career. You know, becoming a Secretary of State, Supreme Court and generals in in confederate armies yeah they they didn't do too badly after they'd been expelled from west point and the eggnog riot as it was called is sort of like a stain on west point and it is quite looked down upon in in the u.s military i think now they may see the funny side of it but at least for the sort of 100 years following that it was quite a big deal and the cadets from then have actually all been sent home for Christmas since 1826. And that is because if they get drunk at Christmas, they're only going to smash their own places up, not West Point Academy. So, a bit of a, a fun episode for you, because there's no one killed in this one. Um, it's not a not necessarily a bad point in history. Um, and I find it quite amusing that... Um, Americans actually have an, an alcohol story because you know in this country alcohol is just a, it's it's a hobby it's not really you know our kids drink from a from a young age in America you can't drink till you're 21 um i believe in this country the legal age is 6 to drink alcohol that is with a meal um but yeah i believe it's 6 years old you can drink alcohol with a meal um so yeah, it's just there's a bit of a difference in culture between the way the British drink and the way the Americans drink. But I do find this very amusing that Americans can, you know, can have a laugh and can drink. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to challenge an American to a drinking contest just to see if they are as bad as as 
people think, you know, because I bet they're not. But in this country, we have that uh, sort of that feeling towards Americans that they can't handle their alcohol or they can't drink as much as the British. So I'd love to see, to be honest, if I'm 100% honest with you, I'd love to see an American out drink my wife because even I can't out drink her. She drinks me under the table every single time we go out. Um, yeah, I think last time, just to give you an example, I, I went through a whole bottle of rum. She had gone through, um, she'd had a bottle of Malibu, which is white rum or coconut rum, the whole bottle, a bottle of peach snaps. She must have had about four or five pints of cider. Um, I think she'd had some uh, like amaretto and coke, probably about three or four of those. Um, and she'd done a, a bottle of something else as well. These are all spirits, by the way, other than the cider. And she's still standing. <laughs> I was dead after a bottle of rum. So, yeah, my wife can drink, so it's it's quite fun. Um, so, yeah, anyone want to challenge us? You'll have to obviously pay for our tickets to come out to America. But <laughs> anyone wants to challenge, see if they can drink us under the table, you'd be more than welcome. But I thought I'd give you a bit of a fun one for Christmas. And obviously the next episode, which I'm sure you guys will all be aware is going to be our yearly review that we do every January so look forward to that one and I hope you all have a a good new year and everyone's happy and healthy so thank you for listening guys and we shall see you next year bye bye everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.